Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yes! What is up, everyone? And welcome to Josh Gatt's favorite podcast in Soccer Week Trash. I'm Jimmy Trash Can, Cream Cheese, Conrad Dino Conrad, also known as Jim, alongside Hollywood. Keith Pierce, also known as the Heartbreak Kid. And Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies is here with us, also known as Most Morning Footy Chuck. Great to see you, Chuck. Thanks for having How's me. Ho- yeah, it's, it's all you. <laughs> what a response. <laughs> nice to pop That's by. That's amazing. I love that response. <laughs> so, so, so we got Leagues Cup to talk about, including Mexican teams now kind of rightfully complaining that they're not getting any games in Mexico. So we'll talk about that and just if we want to change the format and preview the quarterfinals. We will get into the Premier League is starting. So all of our Americans and what's happening in their games this upcoming week. And Tyler Adams making the move to Chelsea. And then uh, what else we got? We got a whole bunch of fun stuff. And then, uh, yeah, Americans abroad. Oh, Sac Republic signed a 13-year-old, which is insane. Not to put any pressure on that kid, but uh, he's got a lot of pressure. <laughs> he'll, be <laughs> he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Freddie Adu handled it well, so I'm sure he'll be fine. So, so. Chuck, I'm coming to you first, buddy. What's uh-huh. what's going on? Great to see you. Great to see you as well. How, how's Australia treating you? Yeah, it's great. Beautiful country, really nice people. And thankfully, the host country is still involved in the tournament. You feel like if the host country gets knocked out, they're just not as... All right, up that's, about that's not at all what I was asking. You took a picture with Arsene Venga, and <laughs> you're not going to tell me the conversation <laughs> you had. Did he play? Did he ref? No, what was no, going no. On there? So, so yeah, I heard there was a little pickup game not too far from where we're staying. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll cruise down. And it was closed off. But Yuri Jorkaev was probably the biggest name of the guys playing. And uh, he's awesome. I love watching him so, play. Just a regular and Arsene Wenger, player. Maybe yeah, no problem. Player. Yeah, exactly right. And, 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 you know. he's, he's sick. I, uh, he's so good. And Arsene Wenger is just at this, on this field by himself. He's just chilling, watching. I mean, not by himself. He knows all the guys playing. But so I just, you know, said, hey, what's up, boss? <laughs> mm-hmm. So we had to actually talk for about 15 minutes. And it was cool to talk to him. Uh, talked about development around the world. And actually, my one big takeaway from, from our conversation was that he thought you have a better chance of developing players if the play, like a lot of good players are in one area. They're all close together. That way they continue to compete against each other over and over and and that's why he thought that the like the belgiums of the world and and the smaller countries because everything was so condensed and in such yeah, a small area right? right 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 and it was just easier to build the infrastructure and that's why it's a little bit harder in the u.s just because we're so spread out and it was it was it's not anything we haven't discussed or, or thought about but you well, know hearing it from the guy hearing it from arson vanger is different states you know? right i mean when we were growing up there's always pockets up pocket in florida and pocket in right, right. Northern california northern california and texas right. you had probably two pockets one in dallas one in houston you know you had jersey was a was a big one eastern penn eastern new york you had those areas where 
there was a number of good players in a in a small region, and the best players that came out typically would would make that up that national team, that youth national team. So yeah. that yeah. that to me is is not anything new. I think it's right. more how do we find more players in those pockets in different types of players profiles? Because how, how many strikers have we seen? over the past 15 years, different types of strikers. Not, not many. That's a, that's a mm-hmm. position where we have to do a better job of creating more strikers and, and different types of strikers. I think that's one big thing. And then um, ultimately I, I, I'd be curious to see how he would handle the, the, the issue in the United States. How would he go about picking a, a system that would best suit our country given the size I, I think what's interesting. You know what he would have said to that? He would have said, uh, "You you didn't pay for that type of information, so uh, that's why you that ain't would, getting it from me." You know, which would be ironic, Keith, because we have a pay-to-play issue here. So, so yeah. it would be funny that to pay him to get answers. But no, he mentioned that Africa was a bit of a a gold mine in some ways. They just don't have the infrastructure, and so you know, he used more Africa as an example of if you put that in place and had. Because right now he thought there was a lot of private academies that are happening and popping up that are doing some good work, like Right to Dream and Accra in Ghana. and but, but it's just not enough and that the federations need to figure out how to make that happen. And he just thought that that was untapped. And, and for us, I think we have the resources. We have the infrastructure. Just our country's a little bit too big and that we might need to consolidate what we're doing in our actions like doesn't uh i'm trying to think of the name of the academy that they have in france is it la fontaine or claire Fa- claire fontaine. claire fontaine yeah claire fontaine. right so yeah. so i think we got away from that a little bit i don't i don't remember we had the residency program and you, i think we're both of you guys at the residency program in florida or just you heath and just heath yeah i so, I, so, I dabbled i i got to experience it here and there but i wasn't a I wasn't a, yeah. a residency kid which i'm grateful <laughs> for yeah, I, I am too, because we know that uh, it stunted Heath's growth in, in a lot of different ways. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> true. he does have size seven feet. Yeah. It is true. <laughs> yeah, phys- physical growth and emotional growth. There's a, there's a, there's a couple. Uh, I, you, you guys joke, but I do think that that type of experience moves you pretty far away from what I think is really um, formative years to put you in that environment far from home, right? People that I think did best were the ones that had family the means to have family visit regularly or they could visit family regularly, that sort of thing versus, you know, me going to Brighton, Florida. I saw my parents when I saw my parents, you know, and at that age, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think in, in, in our culture is a big, a big lift. I really struggled. Other people, I think maybe were more emotionally mature to be able to do that. But for me, it was, it was tough. Yeah, no, no, no. And I, well, it made you grow quicker and in different ways. I, I guess we don't have Bradenton anymore because we have the emergence of youth academies that are starting to become more robust. And, and some of them are, you know, you're staying there with your club. I don't know. There, there's a lot to unpack there, but, but we have some other stuff to get into. Before you, but don't you think even with academies and, and how now they're finding more players, giving them more consistent high level training and matches. I still think a Claire Fontaine similar, something like that in this country would still do us well. Like it, it wouldn't hurt if you had a centralized school just you. for, let's say yeah, 20, 23 to 35 kids at a certain level. And you're that, that group, it can go in and out obviously because kids at 14 mm-hmm, mm-hmm, phase mm-hmm. out when they're 17 versus some kids at 14, then come, you know, become stronger players at 17. So I think that's flexible, but I, I think something like that of just a national team setup would, would, we, would do our system. Well, I, I think that we need more than one Chuck. I think that we need mm-hmm. a minimum four. Just like you have these regional Clairefontaines and then the best of the best kind of get Germany did. to right. And then you have these all these training centers, ident- identification centers. Yeah. And then you get into like a competition of those four regions as you start to kind of whittle down who can who can hang and who can't. Uh, I think that would be really beneficial. And, and it would probably be a little bit difficult given the structure of the youth academies and, and more games and more competition, which is all great. But yeah, I think it would be nice to have some type of window, like like a like a youth academy leagues cup, right? Where you just take out all, you take, everybody just takes off a month or six weeks, and and we can kind of funnel in our our best youth players 
into this this thing as opposed to the GA. Oh, a hundred percent. And I and I gotta address the comment from Dan Kane. I know he's a regular uh, listener. In terms of is IMG still a leader in this area? And and Saint Benedict's isn't exactly a bunch of chumps either. Saint Benedict's is a private school. It's a prep school, and it's and it's all boys. But you you are also giving a a healthy dose of education. They might you might be still a student before an athlete at, at St. Benedict's, St. Benedict's where I think, um, obviously if you were IMG at residency Academy, it was your, your professional footballer. And we'll give you, you know, some, some classes here or there. We'll sprinkle in some, cl- some classes so you could still go to college potentially. But I think what St. Benedict's was great at is you are still given a somewhat normal high school experience. And I think that's where, Keith, you're talking about not being around your family at all and not, you know, traveling a lot. It's it's almost a professional environment at such a young age where you yeah. you miss out on that human development of being in high school and having that experience. And that's where St. Benedict's gave you this incredible soccer experience. You got to travel and travel, you know, go to Bolivia and go to South Africa and, and Brazil, as opposed to just you're a professional and that's it. And and right. no, no fun. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot to unpack there. And we'll probably have to have a special podcast about that. I wouldn't mind hearing from maybe JT Batson from us soccer to hear yes. if there's any type of movement in that thing. So we'll, we'll make sure we make that happen here in the near future, but I brought up leagues cup. Let's talk about some leagues cup. Cause we're in the quarterfinals, uh, Philadelphia taking on Carretero. We have inter Miami taking on Charlotte, Nashville versus Minnesota. We'll talk about the Nashville game against club America very quickly. And then LAFC, is taking on Monterey. So of the final eight, six are from MLS, two are from Mexico. And there's also some other news here where Messi's MLS debut is postponed because of the cup run. Uh, MLS announced today that Inter-Miami, their MLS match against Charlotte, actually, originally scheduled for Sunday, August 20th in Fort Lauderdale, has been postponed to a later date because both of them are advanced in the quarterfinals and they will be playing against each other on August 19th. So... Uh, and either the league's cup final or the third place match, I guess there's some issues there. So that's been delayed. And I, I guess the big question for both of you and Heath, I'll come to you first is MLS, uh, or, or excuse me, is inter Miami's third priority this season, essentially league's cup, us open cup semifinals now. And then where they suck ass right now is in the league. <laughs> is, is, uh, what's their plan? What do you think their plan is? Or just to win everything and score 18 goals every game. I mean, if you're in Inter-Miami, you want to keep this momentum going as much as possible. If you're the league, you want this momentum going as possible because it's a much bigger lift for them to do something within the actual league play, right? This tournament is something that can at least carry some momentum and some some sustained eyeballs because there's consequence, right? When Messi gets back into the league, it's going to take a couple of wins before, before people start to go, okay, there's an opportunity for a run here. Um, you know, let's tune in to see can can he claw back the points or can he and the team claw back the points to get into a playoff right. position. But we ultimately know how uh, they've got a long ways to go to be able to do that. But, you know, in this one, just in terms of the quarterfinals, it's, it's a really interesting one. The schedules have been difficult. There's been a lot of changes. Obviously, you talked about it, Jimmy. The, a, a lot of the Liga MX teams have been complementary of the competition. Um, but the format itself, I think, has been been challenging, right? You get into these rounds and you look at Monterey having to cover as much ground as they're covering um, and some of the teams in terms of travel in a short amount of time, not knowing exactly are we playing today? Are we playing tomorrow? You know, four days out or five days out, I think makes a big difference in terms of planning and changing things. We've also seen some delays because of weather and all that kind of stuff. So it's been, I think, a challenge, but some really good games um, have been taking place since the knockout rounds. Uh, and and so, uh, I mean, I don't know where you want to go with this topic, Jimmy, specifically, if we want to no, just kind of do a little, little, little I, I bracket think... run and then talk about potential changes or or what we like. Yeah, yeah, like, let's, but, yeah. Let, let, let's do a little bracket run. LAFC Monterey is, is interesting, but, but to the point of, well, let me just say the quote from the Monterey president who said, a game date is changed. This is Jose Antonio Noriega. Uh, a game date is changed, which was set for the 12th and was moved ahead to the 11th. With all the kilometers that we've had on us, we're still alive and traveling to Los Angeles. We're going to accumulate a number of kilometers that isn't fair. There's a great need to be equitable because I don't want to talk too much. But if we move on after Los Angeles, I'm sure we're going to go to the other side of the country. So it's crazy. I'm speaking for all the Mexican teams, which have suffered various setbacks. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not, I don't disagree with the guy, but 
we'll get into his statement a little bit more. Well, it's a lot less, I just want to bring it up. Kilometers, Jimmy, if you convert it into miles, just so he knows, if you want to justify it a little bit easier, <laughs> convert I love that. I love miles, that. and it's a lot less. You know. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Tato Noriega, got to convert that. So, 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 that'll be interesting. I mean, I like, I like, I like all the home teams, frankly. You know, Philly to get the job done against Querétaro. We got Inter. I mean, they Miami, put a beating on Philly. For those that don't know, the opening game, Philly put a, I think it was 4-1 or I think maybe 5-1 beating on Kerato, who looked like just a bunch of old dudes on the field. They've then grinded <laughs> out results. Even going into this tournament, I think their last game, they got beat 3 or 4-1 also in, in Liga Mekki. So they weren't in a good place, but they've been able to sort of turn things around in this one um, in between these two teams. But I, I, I again, I'm, I'm with you, Jimmy, on this. I, I like all the home teams to, to move forward. Yeah, so Chuck, let's go into the format. Do you like the format of League's Cup? How are, you, how are you feeling about this? I mean, the obvious one is that it's something we've been clamoring for from the beginning. It just would be cool if MLS teams had to travel to Mexico and that they had to, for lack of a better phrase, suffer as well, like these Mexican League teams are for all the traveling that they have to do and, and not having their home fans support them, even though there are a lot of fans <laughs> that do come to these games. Uh, and Any rule changes that you'd like to see or, or format changes? I think home and away would be fair. Mm-hmm. So you MLS like, teams, wait, wait, when you get into the knockout rounds or yeah, stages yeah. or yes. I mean, either or. So maybe the next version of this league's cup <clears throat> is entirely played in Mexico and, and then you can balance the two. And so now you have some good data to say, Hey, this is how it worked when all the matches were in, were, were in the States versus all the matches in Mexico. And the third iteration has the home and away. And I think that would be mm. super fair because not every, all the Mexican sides, they don't want to travel every time. Is that where where yeah. do you where where's the I mean the competitive advantages with the MLS teams? That that right. Go, right. goes without saying. And you could say, oh well, the Mexican teams don't have salary restrictions and but we're talking about just competing on the uh, on the pitch. And I think the Mexican sides are at a disadvantage because you're playing in the States away from home every single game away from your fans. You may have some fans that come to the matches, but, but it's not the same as playing at home. Yeah. You sleep in your own right. bed. Yeah, that's same like six, six, six of the super teams get those types of fans to show up. You know, yes. And, yeah. and I think right. the advantage for the MLS sides is now you're getting a chance to play in those environments that, that, yes, that yes, builds yes. that resilience and, and the experience you get from that. So that, a lot of these MLS players who are American can take that with them to grow and maybe eventually play with the U S national team. And you already have that experience of playing in a, a difficult environment in Mexico against the top team. Those are, that's what drives you forward. You want those type of matches. Uh, I loved playing away from home as much as I loved playing in front of your home supporters and your family and your, your, your home. I loved playing in those full stadiums where everyone's against you. I I fed off of that energy. I loved it. And I think playing in those difficult environments would only benefit the, the MLS sides. Yeah, I agree with you. Theoretically. I just, there's a big conversation to be had. And Heath is our resident business dude where they could argue, or MLS could argue that we're going to make more money on this whole thing. If we have the games in the States, whereas it might be harder to do and generate that same type of income in Mexico. I'm, I'm, I'm just, that's I don't even know fact. if that's true or not. I mean, that's okay. That's, 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 a yeah, that's I, I mean, it's okay. like saying, well, it'd be great if Mexico played all their national team games in Mexico. You go, why don't they do that? And you're like, well, right, right. There's obvious reasons why you don't right. do that. Yeah. So, so that's going to be a hard thing because we know that money drives a lot of the decision-making. So in terms of the competitive balance, yeah, that would be amazing, Chuck. And I hope that that yeah. happens. And I think that it would be good for the players and for the clubs, but I could see a lot of, of coaches being, I'm not going, we're not going to go to Mexico for five weeks, four or five weeks, if they make it all the way to the final. And you know, that without the, so think, yeah, there's, I, it'd be interesting. I, I think that would be a, a good solution for me. What I'd like to see generally is, you know, again, one of the things Monterey's talking about, right. Is LAFC have been rewarded. They're on their third game of the tournament versus Monterey's fifth, right. There's a, and uh, LAFC are playing at home and you start to mm-hmm. stack a lot of, details that I think play into their favor that are, you know, maybe in some ways warranted because of the way that they qualified in, but in other ways just feels like a little bit of uh, or a massive disadvantage when you start to add things together. I personally think that knockout rounds have been really good quality um, because, you know, you get a little bit of that sniff of like, Oh, where could we be? Whereas 
What I'd love to see is finding a way for it to be four team groups, even if that's a home and away. And even if, you know, the first half of those games, first three games out of the, I guess, uh, 16 games you would play, maybe those are throughout the year. And the other three go into a window of time where you play those three out and then you play out the knockout rounds or something like that. Because if you don't make it different than the CONCACAF Champions Cup, then it's the same, you know? Um, right, right, right. So if you can get into a four-team group, because that will, I, I think the two, the three-team groups made it really difficult at times where when you go straight to penalties, you could, I thought maybe the dynamic of games shifted earlier towards like staying with this, knowing that you're going to get a point or two points and that mm-hmm. if you could get three points out of two games, you you could qualify for the next round. And so, so for me, it just kind of lacked a little bit more of what we see in a world cup or whatever to have full group play where you have four teams yeah, in a group yeah, and yeah. you're kind of navigating that. Right. And then you have more than the quality, you have the storylines um, over four games that you don't have when it's three games. Right. It's sort of like yeah, yeah. three, it's sort of like three teams and it's somewhat friendly and whoever goes, two teams go yeah. and whatever. It's just, it doesn't, it lacks a little bit of that like story. And so for me, it lacked a little bit of, it was a little bit challenging for me to find the storylines, right? It was a little bit right, hard right. to find the brackets and how it all played out. Like there was just a complexity for me that was a little bit overwhelming at times. And I, I'm working in it. So I would love to see, you know, a little bit more proper group play. There's, Again, I'm, I'm thinking about this through the lens of like not actually thinking through how you would put four groups in every. No, uh, I get it. I get it. Group, you know, mathematically. But um, that, that I think would bring some more, I guess, dynamic to set up the knockout rounds in a different way. Yeah, I think it would be difficult because there's 47 teams, I think, that participated. So mm-hmm. you would need either one more and not give buys to the teams that have earned it through winning their leagues or whatever it is, like LAFC did. And well, I'd, it was a I'd somebody for from another league. You know, call, I'll call the well, league winner from well, Costa Rica. Uh-huh. Well, well, that would be sick. But also, how about how about USL? Whoever wins USL gets to pop into the League's Cup, which I think would be I don't, pretty sick. I don't think that's happening. But like, well, that's not a, that's never happening. But it would be awesome <laughs> um, if we're talking if we're talking romanticism and not being yeah. held to any rules or standards or relationships or politics. Then yeah, that would be cool. But uh, yeah, they'd have to get to forty eight, and they'd have to figure out how that was going to make it work. But I, I like I'm picking up what you're putting down for sure, and, and I do think there will be some changes. Um, you know, the VAR stuff with Club America and Nashville that took like way too long to acknowledge that guy stepped off his line, the goalkeeper for Club America. And so, so there's just a whole bunch of different things. I know that League MA Keys put out a statement too, talking about how everything just needs to improve, including the refereeing. And, and, uh, yeah, a lot to unpack, but I feel like we're starting to tap into the emotional rivalry that is natural between us and mexico and and that's what i think they wanted to get to with leagues cup between the two teams and now it's nice to see that the mexican clubs are like you know what now that we're here in the knockout rounds this is getting you gotta win a little more competitive yeah you gotta win yeah like there's now go this far and lose like you make it worth it yeah we're we're beating ourselves up we're traveling to to the states we're winning this yeah you know so yeah and i think who's the ideal final for you what's the ideal final uh Miami Monterey. That would be pretty sick at Fort Lauderdale. I mean, I would love to see yeah, Miami Monterey or Miami LAFC. I'll take those two. Um yeah, that would be a good as, one too. Final, just yeah. because you got the champions against like the darlings. Yeah. Yeah. And like LAFC are pumping people right now, and they're good right now, and they have not been great. Yeah, they're playing they're, pr- they're playing pretty well they, right now. They were they were, the, they, I, were I, I, they were slumping for a while there. Yeah, oh, they were slumping the for a while. It was, it, was, it was looking ugly. It was probably what's delaying, I think, probably a new deal for Steve Trundlow is not the yeah, the, the, the yeah. form that they were in. I know we gotta jump over to, to to the break, Jimmy, but like the last thing I would say around this is again, format wise, you saw LAFC get the advantage of of getting a break, whereas Pachuca got the break, came in, lost one game, and they're out, you know? And now they've got yeah, another right. three weeks to figure out what they're going to mm. do. So I yeah, don't even uh, think maybe teams see that as an advantage in some ways unless you can make the most of the advantage. Hey, Rafa, oh, Rafa Cardenas saying Minnesota, Carretao. Carretao. <laughs> Come on now. Carretao. Carretao versus Minnesota, no chance. <laughs> I'm already thinking ahead to the next League's Cup, and I feel like there's going to be some jaded – uh, Mexican league teams and, and that's just going to add some juice to the whole thing. So I'm kind of here for it. All right. We're going to take our first break of in soccer. We trust when we come back, we got some previews for some Americans that are playing in the Premier league this weekend. So do not go anywhere. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back, everyone, to In Soccer. We trust I'm Jimmy alongside Heath and Chuck. And we are excited to do our Premier League season preview, especially as it pertains to the Americans playing this weekend in the league. One, though, Chuck, and you were animated about this before we started rolling. Breaking news. Chelsea are triggering Tyler Adams' $26 million release mm-hmm. clause. Liverpool were reportedly muscling in on the Caicedo pursuits, so that might be good news for Tyler Adams. Uh, we can obviously get into what we think a success- successful season is for him. I think, one, staying healthy, two, getting some meaningful minutes. But, uh, yeah, it's, you, you were basically saying, to catch everybody up, uh, on who wasn't listening off camera because it's just us. Yeah. That you don't think that he hated Tyler Adams. Adams. Well, oh, I yeah, you just but, like yeah. you don't <laughs> yeah. like Tyler Adams. You don't like Tyler Adams being ambitious and going to a big club. That's, what, that's yeah. what you were saying. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. One, uh, I think Tyler Adams is a top player. We've always said he's he's a, a main part of this U.S. men's national team, and he's the captain. He's the leader. So one thing that stands out to me is his integrity and and his his character on and off the pitch, right? So you're always willing to bet on Tyler Adams succeeding just because of his work ethic, his demeanor, and the respect that he commands. However, what I'm saying is of all the possible moves out there, and and we don't know if there have been other options. There's just been rumors. But if Chelsea, and there are there is a Aston Villa or West Ham, maybe not so so much now. West Ham went in, in a different direction, but a Brighton and Aston Villa, maybe even a Fulham, uh, maybe Real Sociedad and in in because they're in Champions League and, and La Liga, you're still playing in a top competition. If those are options as well, then Chelsea is not the best place for a Tyler Adams. And the reason is yes, the positives are it's a massive club. If you're choosing between playing in the championship with Leeds United versus going to Chelsea, a massive club with massive history, new manager in Pochettino who's bringing you in, then you're like, okay, the manager wants me in a in to fulfill this this need in midfield, and he is the manager, so there, there's no questions about that. He wants me here, but I'm maybe seen as more of a depth piece. Your salary is massive. That's another big positive, uh, a big uptick in that. Probably the biggest salary you're going to get considering uh, the, the options. And um, then you look at the negatives. The negatives are Chelsea are always bringing in loads of players, loads of young players. We've seen Todd Bowley come in and just splash the cash all over the place, almost to the point where you're like, where, what direction you're going? You're buying loads of different players. I don't see a certain style or type or philosophy. That's what Mauricio Pochettino's brought in to do. But you, you figure given that they're, they're trigger happy. You don't know where they're going to go. They've already bought Enzo Fernandez for over a hundred million, 120 million, I believe. So he's not going anywhere. He's always going to play given that they're playing a four, two, three, one, and Enzo Fernandez is a lock, there's one spot. That's it, one. And in that one spot, they've already spent 27 million euros on Leslie Ugochukwu from, from Ren, who's a quality player. They have Andre Santos, a young player, 19 years old. Leslie uh, Ugochukwu is also 19. And Connor Gallagher, who's 23, who's probably moving, but if he doesn't, he's 23 years old, and he's still quality. So you have those. It's already been rumored that there's chill trying to get Romeo Lavia from Southampton. And... He's 19, and there's they, there's still rumors that they're still trying to get Moses Caicedo. So you're seen as a depth piece. And if you're talking about, oh, he'll be Listen, a right back, you still have Reese James, who's the captain. So what I'm saying is, it's not that Tyler Ams can't play there. 
you're just going to have a lot of competition and the expectations to play every single match. It's going to be very difficult. So I'm saying it's not the best place for Tyler Adams. Do you agree Chuck, with me? Chuck, 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 you're talking all these names you're saying that he's going to compete with our kids. Tyler Adams is a grown ass man. And I think that that guy is inevitable. Chuck, listen, I know they're super talented kids. <laughs> I triggered him. Tyler Adams, if healthy, I think he's inevitable. I'm just happy you made him stop talking, Jimmy, because I was about to fall asleep over here. I mean, he just named the entire roster of the last 14 years of Chelsea. Enzo is 22 years old. I'm not saying mean, Enzo. I'm talking about the other spot. You just said kids. He's 22. That's a kid. And he's I'm he talking about for the- over $120 million. I get that. Enzo, you already said is a lock. I'm not talking about Enzo. I'm talking okay. about the 19, like the 15, 19 year olds you just named. And, uh, and I know Connor Gallagher, but he's not like for like with Tyler Adams. So Tyler Adams is inevitable. He's going to find his way to break into the team and win everybody over because that's what he does. And so I'm not really worried about him no matter where he goes. I do agree with you, though, that there's a lot of turnover at Chelsea that Todd Bowley has implemented after Abramovich and that whole situation went through or got finished. And yes, I don't like that. I'm curious to see how Pochettino manages that. But I do think that Tyler Adams will find his way. He's just got to stay healthy. That's number one for me. How about you, Heath? Yeah, my only take is that it's just, we all know this is a really tough situation for him as a young player, right? Uh, He knows he's going in there uh, behind a step, right? Uh, Just the fact that he's American, the fact that he's the club that he's coming from, the fact that like he's got some steps to go, I think. He's injured. Yeah, he's injured. He's injury prone. But uh, the way I see it is that he knows that you're probably not going to get this offer again in your career, right? You don't know. Nothing is guaranteed. And Chuck Chuck said it the money's going to be insane. It is a year for him to go all out. The timing of this between now and 2026, it's not, it, it could hurt, but it, it's not, it's not the the end all be all, right? This isn't the make or break year for him in his career. It's a chance for him to see how how far he can go. Do I think that he ends up being like leaving after one year? Probably, right? If his if his ambition is 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 as high as it is. But we said the same thing about I know Chelsea has a has a lot deeper roster. They spend a ton of money and and Chuck's right that there's not a lot of like sort of glue to how it all pieces together. Sometimes it's just like, I want him, I want him, and I want him, 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 him. Um, but Weston McKinney went to Juventus, a Champions League club, and we thought that he was going to maybe, you know, where does he fit in? You you know, they had four uh. central midfielders, and he played 60 70% of the first season, which I thought was a good successful season. Okay. So and, I, and I, I guess what I'm saying is – he had, he had Then he had to get loaned out to Leeds because it, no matter what Weston did – and he did play well. He scored goals. He was never counted on as a a. Look at some of the other midfielders. He was never counted on well, to be the a well, starting midfielder in that yeah, group. He was always the first taken either, off, rotated. Yeah, he was they, always they, that, that player. They switched between having him be a lot more connected to the goal, to being a little more of a two way guy, to being a little bit even deeper, to a wing back, to these types of things. He he was a squad player within that team, but at least he took that chance, and I think he proved a lot of us, including myself, in terms of that jump wrong right i want to see if tyler adams can make that jump now whether or not he plays we've seen that with christian pulisic we know he's good enough to play at chelsea same thing right but there's 40 guys in the squad with the same christian pulisic story um from their country and their team that are saying oh they're not getting the chance or not whatever not whatever and now christian pulisic has moved on i just i think it's a hard thing for him to say no to chuck and and it leads me to believe that maybe there wasn't a great option alternatively and that you take this one you give it a year and you see what happens I'm I'm not faulting him at all because if I'm in his shoes and you're telling me Chelsea's coming in for me and that's the only club that put an official bid in for me versus playing in the championship with Leeds, I'm out. Sign me the contract. <laughs> hey, oh that that's the figure. Oh, say no more. The pen's done. I'm 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 there. Oh, I'm moving. I'm moving what to I'm, London. What, what I'm okay. what I'm what what I'm saying okay. is, I don't love that it's Chelsea because of yeah. the situation that they're in. I would rather Tyler Adams go to a club where he's brought in, not as a depth piece or not as a player who's com- as a, a starter. He's coming in to replace someone who's left because they're going to need his skill set, And that's what I'm saying. But hey, Tyler Adams, go do you. Do you go there back against the wall, show that you deserve to play. That We know that's what he's going to do. My point is, I would rather see him at a different club. But, hey, 
you gotta you you gotta you gotta make the money. And th- this is one of those moves where if it doesn't work out, even if he plays fifty percent, it doesn't work out. You can go anywhere from Chelsea as opposed to Leeds United, right? The 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 options are are plentiful if you're leaving a, a side like Chelsea as opposed to you know, leaving a championship side like Leeds because maybe you played every game, but your team sucks. Right. No, no, that's a great point. That's a great point. And imagine if he does break through at Chelsea, how much bigger he would be if he did it at, let's say, Brighton or West Ham. Still be a big deal, but Chelsea's a different gravy altogether. Now, Gaga Slonina is another player that's American. That's at Chelsea. He's making a move to Belgium. He's going to go uh, on loan to Kass. Oopin. I don't know if I said that right, but uh, I'm yeah, trying over that here. That sounds really right. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Chuck. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. So this will be a big move for Gaga. Obviously, he just needs some games, and uh, they've already given him the the vote of confidence that he's going to be part of the pipeline. I'm sure he's, they say that's all thousand players that they sign, but uh, we'll see how he does. He's got to go perform so wherever Miazga. he gets loaned out. <laughs> Matt Miazga. Uh, Kaz Oopin. I'm not touching that. Kaz Oopin. Hey, Oopin. No, I, do, I don't know. I do. I, I I like this move for for Gagas Lanina. I mean, we see with goalkeepers generally, it takes them quite a bit of while. Like unless you're the, the the star goalkeepers, you know, you, you see them kind of taking quite a bit of years to become a starter at a good club. Like to go on loan and hopefully he gets a, a run of games for the entire season. His age, it's massive. Right. Um, I think it's better than like this temptation of like sticking around because you're in a good training environment or whatever that type of thing. All right, so Chelsea play Liverpool this weekend. That is a hell of a first game to start uh, any season. And Tyler Adams, just to go back to him really quick, he is very close to being the uh, towards coming back with his hamstring injury, as we saw him post on his story not too long ago. Running in Leeds, he's got the hamstring injury. Should be back in September. And then, obviously, we'll be keeping eyes on Gago Sanina. All right, another game that's happening. Anthony Robinson and Tim Ream and Fulham will be traveling to Everton to try to get a result there. They actually... They actually won both games, or they got four points against uh, Everton last season, a 3-1 win at Goodison Park and a 0-0 draw at Craven Cottage. So they might be feeling pretty good about that. What's interesting is that uh, Sean Deitch, the coach of of Everton, who kept them up, has been actually pretty good uh, when they were at home when he took over. They had, they had 1-0 home wins over Arsenal, Leeds, Brentford, and Bournemouth, which were absolutely pivotal to their survival last year. So, so... I know that he's trying to make Goodison Park a, a fortress once again so they can get results, but they're missing a couple of players. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin should be available, but uh, they're missing Arno Danjuma, who should be out there. And then when I think about Fulham, we got Mitrovic, who wants to go to Saudi Arabia, and he's pissed that they're not letting him go. Uh, Willian is potentially wants to go to, to Saudi or is on his way. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on, which means Raul Jimenez, Mexican international who joined from Wolves might get the start in this one if Mitrovic does actually does not play. So, so your thoughts, guys, on Fulham. Uh, Chuck, I'll come to you first. You know, how do you think Fulham, or where do you think they're going to finish after finishing mid-table, which was a which which was a nice surprise for them not to. I think they had what five straight seasons where they went up and went down and went up and went down, and now they actually stayed up. So it's a pretty big deal. Do you think Marco Silva, the manager, and and Tim and and Jedi can can uh, stay up once again? Yes, I do. I, I think they stay up. It's a club that are always in the games. And I think it starts with the the style of play. Just def, I think they defend really well as a group. And then they know how to, you know, get into the attacking third through transition or just that they're, they capitalize on set pieces. Right. Um, it, it, it's just, a, I think with Mitrovic, he's just, a, you know, he's 28 years old. He's just a house up there. He gives mm-hmm. center backs issues. And then Raul uh, Jimenez is, you know, 32. He still has a lot to prove. I think he's done well in, in the Prem, given the, the type of service and the style of play. I think it better suits him than actually playing with the Mexican national team, to be honest. If I'm but he hasn't, he hasn't been the same post-injury, though, to be fair. No, he hasn't. But maybe, you know, he was out a while. And there was all the uncertainty if he can play. And that messes with your psyche. And, me- and plus, his, his sharpness wasn't quite there. It, you need time. And I think he's far enough removed from those injury issues and the doubt that maybe this is the season to get, that he gets back into it. And if it doesn't work out, that, then it doesn't work out. I still think this 
Fulham side will will compete and they'll they'll be probably again in the middle of the pack. Yeah, I was really impressed with them last season, Heath, just in terms of their steadiness. They were consistently yeah. solid to, to Chuck's point. And I don't know if I can see a drop off. You know, if they're not scoring goals, the only thing you can say when we look back at any teams that get relegated in any league, they just weren't scoring goals or mm -hmm. they're really yeah. bad defensively. I think we can already see that they've got that defensive structure. It's just a matter of whether they can finish their opportunities. And if they lose, yeah, whatever you think about Willie and he's become a bit of a meme. But if you lose Amicevic, then then in some ways, you you know, you're probably missing out on a minimum 10 to 15 goals. And that's not easy to replace, especially if, if the version of, of Raul Jimenez is, which is so unfortunate given his skull injury. Um, yeah. isn't the same guy that he used to be. I mean, the Opta supercomputer has uh, Fulham at a 10% chance of going down. And comparing that to Luton Town has a 62%, Sheffield 48%, Bournemouth 48%, you know, Everton even 30%, Forest at 30%. So I think that one, for what it's worth, is 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 whatever. But it's, it's like you said, it's, it's it's two things, right, Jimmy? It's, it's the fact that if they can relieve themselves with goals, they can defend out games, right? Um, and you see the teams that do go down, or it's either like the defense is, for, is forced to make it to the 80th minute without scoring a goal. That's a lot of pressure to put on a defense every time, especially when you're a smaller team, or you know um, they 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 uh, can't score goals consistently. And so I think it's both of those. But it looks like I think I think Fulham will stay up, and it's good to see Tim Ream is sort of back again um, after his Th broken arm. Uh, thank you for your numbers and the uh, predictions. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, like what is happening? All of a sudden we got a, they, like a snack they, geek over there. They did. Oh, they yeah. did buy uh, the Calvin Bassey from IX for 23 million euros and to shore up the, the center back position alongside Tim Ream. So I, I do think there, Tim Ream's going to be one year deal. Defense really helps years. you out. D defense helps you out in, in, for sure. in the things you really games. If you don't have, you know, the, the big att attractive um, attacker. So Fulham, because of that, and and, and the manager, I, th they'll be fine. All right, and we're going to take our second and last break. Yeah, second and last break <laughs> of In Soccer We Trust. Uh, when we come back, we'll obviously preview a couple more games. we got a superstar in the making in Sacramento. And uh, I have a big question for these guys that they don't know is coming yet, and that is which player which american player in europe needs to have the biggest season so we'll answer that get out of here right kid. after this hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to In Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Charlie Davies and Heath Pierce. And we have some more games to preview. Boys, let's talk a little Nottingham Forest. Matt Turner and Ethan Horvath, uh, they're both they're both playing at the same club. Like, they play for the U.S. Men's National Team, so that must be <laughs> odd to see them, you know, uh, together. So sick. But, um, yeah, it's excited to see him getting this opportunity, 29-year-old. Matt Turner not only will be competing, I think Ethan Horvath will be on the move, but uh, with Dean Henderson, and that's not going to be easy. But you know, I back Matt to to make it happen. Now, Forrest are taking on Arsenal, which is funny. So he just was with Arsenal to win the Community Shield, and now he actually might be going back to the Emirates in a different uniform to take on his former club. And I think he might actually get the start. What are we thinking about Forrest? Now, obviously, a tricky first game, but. Uh, Will they avoid the drop? What did the computers say, Heath Pierce? Are they going <laughs> down? Are they? No. Well, uh, <laughs> Force is in the top five of teams that they expect to go down uh, with with Burnley being the sixth. 33% chance, says Opta, the supercomputer, um, to go down. So uh, who knows how accurate that is over over um, the last years and stuff. But um, I know that it's, it's 
consistently predicts uh, Man City to win the championship. So uh, it can't be that <laughs> wrong, right? Yeah. So what are we saying for Matt Turner, Chuck? Do do especially with competition from Dean Henderson. I mean, he's got he's it's you're gonna have competition. You're playing in the Premier League. You have competition mm-hmm. in every spot. But it looks like he's, or at least feels like they're bringing him in to be the number one or co-number mm-hmm. one. You're obviously closest to him, and and yeah. he seems excited about this opportunity. And mm-hmm. what, what are we what are we thinking? Well, I, I'll tell you one thing: you're not leaving Arsenal. None of us are leaving Arsenal, given the road and trajectory they've been on, this path. Unless you are going to be the number one. And if it's not guaranteed the number one, you're going to get opportunities at the number one, as opposed to being the number three, which is what he would have been. So you, you bet on yourself. And I like the fact that Matt Turner, this is a move I do like, instead of saying, I'm going to stay at Arsenal and be the number three and still try and work my way to compete with Ramsdale. I'm going to go and bet on myself to be a standout for Nottingham Forest and keep them in the prem. And if I do that and I get consistent minutes, my stock only rises. I only benefit from this move and I'm going to be tested and I'm not going to be graded on how I build out of the back. I don't have to play a inch, a, a, a perfect ball over the top to my, my wing back or to my, my uh, Bakayo socket in behind. No, just save the ball. Keep it out of the back of the net. And, and for Matt Turner, this is one of those moves you make because you're you are now competing on a level every week with the best. And that's and and you you almost had like a warm-up season with with Arsenal as the second best team in the league. So you you got a good glimpse of what it takes to be the number one at a club like that. And also tr- in training every day, taking shots from top players in, in the Premier League, you feel that you can do this. And he's he's played in Europa League matches. He's playing cup matches. Now you're going to be playing in the English Premier League every single week. If he performs, I think he gets the number one uh, heading heading into that Arsenal match. So let's go. This is this is the, this is what I'm here for. Yeah, I'm excited to see how he performs. And and uh, it's exciting overall. Yeah, I think it's a great move. Clearly, there was some writing on the wall at Arsenal that you're probably not going to be the guy for us moving forward. You can stick around and uh, do the Zach Steffen route for a few years and just watch somebody else play. And we, we would enjoy having you there, but if you actually want to go and him being 29, he has to make a move. You can't, you can't waste another season just sitting behind somebody else and hoping you get some cup games, which, which I think the writing was on the wall when they went into the Europa league knockout rounds and they switched from using Matt Turner, then went to Ramsdale. I would have been super pissed if I was Matt Turner at that point. Like, are you trusting me in this competition or are you not? And I think that was the sign that he's probably not going to be the guy for them moving forward. And this is a good move. And I like, I think to I your mean, point, it's a good club. It's a, it's a club Heath that, that has, he's got more to gain than to lose here. Yeah. On top of that, I think it's just, it, it comes down to with it's Arsenal, right? And it's not Arsenal from three years ago or four years ago or six years ago. It's Arsenal, one yeah, of the best yeah. top five teams in the world right now. Right. And is Turner at that level where you put him in and, and he can, uh, be the guy that delivers. It's, it's maybe a step too big. I believe in him as a player, but again, the 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 view of Arsenal now and who they are and where they are at the level that they're at. I mean, that's a that's a that's a tasty job for any number two to come in on. Um, so they probably had plenty plenty of plenty of options um, as to how they build for the future, and he probably just didn't fit into that. Yeah. So we'll see. It, and it's cool that he's playing against Arsenal. We'll see if he gets to start. And uh, if he can shut down some of his former teammates, who he's just teammates with like four days ago, three or four days ago. That's crazy. Let's talk about Chris Richards. Now, Crystal Palace, uh, Roy Hodgson has signed a one-year deal. He's back. He helped save them from the drop. I say the drop, finishing 11th or something crazy. So uh, he did more than just save them from the drop. But Wilfred Zaha is gone. They're talisman. He leaves for Turkey and Galatasaray. The first game is actually against Sheffield United, which has Austin Trusty on their team. And we'll see if Austin Trusty can get some valuable minutes or at least get into the 18. Very curious to see where he goes. So let's talk about both of these teams. You pick one, Heath, and and Chuck, you take the other. Crystal Palace, Chris Richards, he probably won't start because he's behind these other center backs. But what are you saying about their chances and, and Chris Richards in particular? Because he's starting to get to that point where if he's not going to be trusted, similar to like Matt Turner, in a really regular way, he might need to make a move too. You want to go first, Chuck, or me? Yeah, you, you go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I I still I still think you know when I think about uh, Mark Gay and 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 um, and Anderson, Anderson, like 
those guys are going to start. And there's been rumors for both of them because they're internationals and they're both around the same age as, 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 as Chris Richards is that there was, you know, suitors out there that were willing to spend the money on him and they haven't come in um, yet. We also saw at later points in the season when R Chris Richards came back from injury, there were some times where he was fourth on the depth chart. And so for him, it's about, we've seen that he makes the most of his minutes when he's fit and healthy. He was really good, right? We've seen what he's capable of with the national team, but I think that's about having an open and honest conversation to see where he fits into that, that, uh, that pipeline, because it'd be a shame for him to go another year. And then you look at his career as a whole so far, and you talk about a five or six year professional, and he just doesn't have a big load of games. And we all know right. that like training is great. Environments are great, but at a certain point, you know, and this kind of goes back to my point about the, the issues with places like IMG is that you can train all day if you want. You can train with high quality players all you want. You can train twice a day if you want. But if you don't wrap that up with high quality games, which is what IMG lacked, right? Because you're just a group in an academy. There's nobody to play um, other than like, you know, colleges and whatever. When you're 16, 17 years old, you're sort of past that window. So for him, it's about getting that match load and being able to continue to develop on the field. So that's where I think um, – it's going to be interesting to see whether there's a last minute sell um, for any of them. I haven't really looked into, although I do know when that window opened that Gay and Anderson were both in high demand, um, but nothing, nothing's happened yet. So I still see him as the clear number three, um, which I don't think is a great situation for him to do for another year. Yeah. I mean, he played well in the nation's league. So we, we obviously got a taste of and what he's looked at and what he looks like when he's sharp. Chuck talk though about Austin trusty, yes. another center back in our player pool who I thought, made a good move to leave Arsenal. Obviously he was with Birmingham last season, but now he's in the Premier League. He's got some competition in front of him, but uh obviously not, we have not really yeah. I, I, I think what's great for Austin Trussie, one, they they spent twelve uh six million to to buy him. So he was a player that they felt they needed in this three back system as the left center back in that three back system. And that's where he feels most comfortable. So I, I like that and the player that was would be playing in front of him is a 35 year old in um, Chris Basham. So I, I think Austin trusty will play. He will get considerable minutes this season for Sheffield United and it, it's a good opportunity for him. So I, I think in that, in that instance, this is what you want as a player to go to a, to a premier league club who invested money in you. And it's mm -hmm. that that's 6 million is a big number for Sheffield United. So they're not buying you to just sit the bench or, or not make the roster and in a back three, he will play in that left center back role. He's, he's so athletic. And I think he's going to give them much, much needed athleticism and cover in that spot. So it's a good, great move for Austin trusting. And if he can play like he did at Birmingham full season with all those minutes, remember he's still young in his career. So he right. will grow considerably if he's able to play a full season at Sheffield United in the Premier League against top competition, top strikers, which will only benefit him in the long run uh, for the U.S. Men's National Team as well. Yeah, I'm excited. It's a big weekend for a lot of Americans uh, in general, whether it's Leagues Cup or Premier League or any of the upcoming leagues coming up. So we'll get into our question. That'll be our final thought, ultimately. But I do want to talk about this 13-year-old that signed with the Sac Republic. He's going to be the youngest professional in the States, even younger than Freddie Adu. However, before we get into Crazy. that part of the conversation, we uh, we caught wind, Heath, of uh, and everybody listening and watching, that Chuck is now coaching his his twins, and and uh, that he that he remember I don't know if you remember Heath, but he said many months ago that uh, he wanted his boys to be elite, and now he's taking on the reins himself. We have we have a clip of him talking about it on Morning Footy. Let's let's roll oh, that. Oh God, here we go something like unique to do with the kids on that day that you're home is there like you know do they look forward to that day for any certain reason just spending time other than having dad just home spending, <laughs> spending time with dad cool. and so yeah i mean we i started to train him yesterday was the first day <laughs> first time that i really <laughs> drilled them oh wow hour and a half did you put the cones the out yeah cones out put the cones out, cones out. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. they do they responded really well good yeah they how many so so Spending time with dad now Dark. means putting the cones out and <laughs> running hey, through the biggest hey. problem with youth sports is the parents, Chuck. You hey, know? That's what <laughs> I've heard, you know, since I am I am involved. I am coaching. Um, I coach. This will be my first season as an official youth club 
coach for Galway Rovers uh, mm. out of Cohasset in Hingham in the South Shore. So I have a U8 team that's going to be playing U9 up a seat, up a year. So it's about 13 kids that I'll, that I'll coach every Sunday. But um, See if Chuck's kids, I, let's measure those minutes my, versus the other kids, see what kind of coach I, this is, you know, playing favorites. My thing here with, with, with my kids is one – I, I want to, I make it fun. It, this is not like a, if you don't do this, no food, you know, the, <laughs> and, and when I'm out there and they're having fun and I can see how much they take to the coaching, my wife is super happy. Like she wants me to do this. If, if she was like, ah, oh, let's stop that. That's, this is too much. She's the one who's like, get out there and drill them. Get out there. And, you're not pushing them hard enough. So I've, I've always felt that as a father, it's really difficult to find that balance of keeping it fun and you see, you see the potential and trying to push them and guide them, but they have to want it. If they don't yes, want it, yes, then yes. You, you can't want it for them. No. And so I kind of, ever since they were born, I said, here's a soccer ball. If you want to play with it, great. I'm not going to tell you to play with it. And it, as they started to watch more, they, they, they watched this show which is they, they love watching you guys. What's up, boys? Jimmy uh, curses all the time. That's not Dakota good. and Reese, <laughs> they say, what's up? Uh, they watch this. They watch Morning 40 and they watch games. They're obsessed with Messi right now. Who Who isn't? Messi mania. And I'm starting to see them realize, oh, I think I want to do this. So it, it's been fun to coach them. But also, I get so much joy coaching other kids because I can see there's so much talent when kids are given the right foundation. Right. Right. If, if kids aren't, don't, which boggles my mind. Cause I, I've watched some youth coaches early on and, and some of the practices kids aren't even taught how to trap a ball or how to pass. Yeah, yeah. Or they're just saying, here's a ball play. And how the hell are you supposed to learn good habits or know which part of your foot to use? Or, you know, th- that there's an understanding of the game. So that's where I think at the grassroots level, we need to improve to attract more different style, different types of, of, of young players. So um, listen, I'm trying Chuck, to do my part. For, no, and no, I appreciate that. For my two kids, I made a decision that I'm going to let other coaches coach them, right? Mm-hmm. So they can hear different voices and not. And then what happens? But you have girls. Well, okay. But you're, but you're, you're, you're a soft little girl, dad. You, you were like, I don't want to coach. No, 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 no. Well, it's, it's, it's flipped because you start to see the coaches that are, they're being coached by and you realize that they're not learning the basics and that the kids are not, not just my kids, but all the kids that want to play are suffering a little bit because the coaching is just not good enough. And that's a big conversation, but so, you but, know, whose parents, but you've, we, we you've, you've interjected, haven't you? I, I yes. remember you saying like, Hey, let me help. Right. Yeah. So I've definitely helped. Yeah, I help. And I, and I actually do a lot of the technical stuff. Right. And I, and then the biggest thing I ask the kids, even, even if they're eight or nine is why, why are you making that pass? You know what? So they start to become students. So they understand Mm -hmm. that I'm making this pass because I wanted to unlock, you know, three other things moving forward. So, so always questioning and having a why is really important. And even for older kids that maybe didn't have that foundation, they have a really tough time of answering their why. And and that's why they just kick it. Well, even even like even if you kick it long and run, there's still a why behind that. But I they can't I even Heath, tell you why they have their why. I know Heath wants to. Uh, was in the mold of a Kobe I, Heath. Bryant Heath's got to go or something. I don't know. He's yeah. Heath. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I think for me within all this is 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 like taking this back to the 13 year old um, who signed with with Sacramento Republic is everything you guys are saying now still comes down to age appropriate training, right? And how you train a 13 year old, regardless of their talent is going to be different than how you address an, an adult. Now you're in a pro environment, you're a pro right. locker room. Yeah. You're, you're, you're in a completely different place. And a lot of this nurturing over the next five years of his life is going to be that. And again, I go, I always go back to, you know, his, his success is, is dependent on how they're going to nurture him and and guide him in that process. And when I think about Again, when I was doing my B license and they talked about how at IX, they'll take these kids and they'll move them up and they'll move them down regardless of their age groups. They'll move them down to a younger age group because maybe they're a small, you know, 07 versus a, a, a you know, um, a, an overdeveloped 07 or something like that based on kind of where they are physically, not just their age group. And I think this type of guidance for him, obviously, he's got a big old family. Uh but, um, you know, I, I think it's it's just a really early age. And again, how you talk to a 13 year old kid uh, is going to be very different than how you 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 talk to a 15 year old or 16 year old or 18 year old. 
Heath and Jimmy, I want to add this. So I spoke to, when I was talking to Thierry about his development, like when he was younger and when he moved to, to Clairefontaine, something that I think we don't do well enough in this country is he was playing. He said he could run by anybody. He's fat, obviously super fast, strong, could just blow by anybody. His coach took him aside and said, you're not allowed to dribble by anybody. You're not allowed to use your speed. You can't run in behind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you have to, at 13, figure out a way to break down defenses and, and have an impact in the game without doing what you've always done, playing to your strengths. Learn a different way. And you can't play backwards. So you can't check to the ball and just play backwards. Knowing and that you can't, can't go over the top, you can't use your pace, right? <laughs> so then you just you have to find the pocket because of space. But, but that's and, and that's why Thierry is exceptional at that. And then you throw in the athleticism and the pace and and the strength. Well, once you add that to your repertoire and to your strengths already, you're unstoppable. And I think we don't do mm -hmm. enough of. Make, of making kids develop nah, because you see a kid that age, you go, I, I see championships, right? Mm -hmm. I see trophies. I see my kid winning trophies as opposed to, again, the developmental side of saying, okay, we know at some point Thierry and Reese probably going to still be faster than people, but he's not going to be that much faster than people. Isn't, isn't the counter, isn't the counter to that though? And I go, I know you're going with that Heath and sorry to interrupt, but isn't the counter to that, that if you had a coach that a parent was like, this guy knows what he's talking about or this, this, or she knows he or she knows what they're talking about. That you would listen to that as a parent, you'd be like, "Well, this 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 coach has been around and has seen some things, and and I understand where this development's coming from." You know what I mean? Like this this mm -hmm. this ask to play a different way, asking my kid to play a different way because it's ultimately going to benefit. I think that those, dealing with parents myself, not always the funnest task, but most fun task. But I would say that if you had a meaningful conversation and had proper communication with the parent and, and that you're working towards something and it's all kind of laid out and there's a plan, I have been around most parents that will agree to and understand where that's coming from because there's a, there's a bigger play. Yeah, and there's but a, Jimmy, there's a you pop. are a pro. Yeah, but I mean, also, Jimmy, that. how many, like, how many like, of your how players many pros are also, out there to be able to say that? No, I get it. I get it. I get oh, it. But also, Jimmy, how many of your players that you've coached within your, 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 your daughter's teams are on a pathway to scholarships or professional, right? What's the gap? No, not many. That? Not many. And so yeah. I think there's a certain buy-in at the recreational level, and then there's a certain – and then when you get into the competitive, that's where you mm -hmm. see, I think, a completely different type of parent that yeah. doesn't yeah. like this idea of, like, I'm going to develop your kid. They're like, no, no, my kid's only going to be seen if we're winning games. Or if my kid's a striker right, right. or like, you know what I mean? You start to, I think, get into the to the vicariously um, living through uh, type of parents. Not to say all of them, but like, you know, again, the biggest problem right. in youth sports is the parents. All right. Final thoughts then. Going back to my question that I teased before our last break. And I don't need any context from you guys. You don't have to explain yourself. Which oh, player, which luck, American Chuck. player, yeah. American player in Europe, <laughs> I'm ready. Which American player Let's in Europe <laughs> needs to have the biggest the biggest season this upcoming season chuck i'll come to you first ooh i'm going to go name? with who i would like to have the biggest mm -hmm. season given okay, their that's fine that's fine yeah that's fine that, that i'll i'll accept that that context <laughs> i'm going to go to milan Literally just change the question and right. and I, I think christian pulisic at ac milan okay really. all right that that's you know you're you're leaving chelsea is you've shown some real growth. I don't need, I don't need context, Chuck. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I told you, uh, you can do it. I don't need uh, you can do it. Don't do it. Ah, no, don't do it. All right, fine. Is, Chuck, Chuck, this is a one I'm hour done. show. You have a, yeah. you have a two hour show with morning footy. We will have an hour. <laughs> hey, you, you cut all your thoughts hey, in half. What? Yeah. No oh, context. Guess, all right. This is my real final, my final thought. Our shows keep getting better. Uh, I, I, I love mean, the conversations I, we're having. Well, that's it. Chuck, that's because you talked for 36 minutes of the hour today. Of course it's getting better for you. You know what I mean? It's getting worse for me. It's getting worse for me in here. <laughs> oh, this show's getting better for you. It's getting worse for me. What are you saying? Um, uh, no, I, I, I would say, again, through through Chuck's lens, I, I would say Chris Richards. I think – I don't know. I don't think he will – given the context, but I would like him to have the biggest season because we saw what he could do with the national team. No more context. Uh, no context. Just give me a name. <laughs> that was my answer. I put a no, button on it. Keep I it going. I didn't context. I didn't contextualize. Hey, Fine, keep I got, going. I, I got, well, so listen, Malik Tillman actually is going on loan. To Jimmy's going to say two. He's yeah, going to say, Jimmy's going to give two yeah. players. Yeah. On his own I would not. No, no, no. So he's he joining Ricardo Pepe PSV. Listen, oh. listen, uh, Ricardo Pepe for me is, is one, but, 
I think Fuller and Balogun is all right. Three, perfect. Balogun. Ooh, I, no, no, Balogun. Way, Balogun for me is 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 where he goes is really going to be important. I saw so Robinson also. Balogun. Robinson uh, is also linked from Atlanta to to PSV right now. Go on, Ernie Stewart. Solve our Miles. Problem. Miles Robinson is a free agent next next after this year. So. It makes sense to leave. I think we need to have a bonus podcast. We're pretty high in the paywall. We, we need to be back on. Let the, let the people speak. You are the YouTube audience. <laughs> All right, we're done. Let we're done. It's like we trust is over. Otherwise, go. it'll never end. We have to oh, cut it off geez. here. Otherwise, it'll never, never I'm end. I'm not ready on to behalf, end this. Producer Daz, Producer Alex, All right, Chuck, big match. Keith and myself, Spain. Trash Can, Team Peace, Spain, Netherlands, Women's World Cup. Yeah, lots of great games. Women's World Cup. Good luck to all the teams. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Peace. (laughs) From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.